When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. I have allergies and my eye is really red and hopefully you won't see it. Don't zoom in. Don't be a dick. Uh, I'm going to continue. Hi, Ryan. (laughs) Well, geez, you're well of problems today. Yeah, I am. I'm well of problems. This this dog, I'm allergic to the dog. I've got these allergies. I went to the doctor, uh, you know, I got these eye drops. I got this cream. Nothing's really happening. I'm, I'm not sleeping. I haven't slept much in the last two months. I'm up like, I usually sleep, try to sleep eight hours. And now I'm sleeping average four and a half, five with the dog. It's getting a little better, but um, something's causing my irritation. And uh, I don't know. It's Is it just allergies? I sure hope so. I sure hope so. Uh, you know, I want to thank everybody um, for listening to the podcast and a good shout out to my patrons. You know, I talk about this a lot, but... Um, inside of you and talkville we really have success some success or i'd say we're really it's working because of the patron family who give back to the show so all i'll say is if you really enjoy the show and you want to give back more go to patreon.com slash inside of you and become a patron i'll message you and uh, it really helps the show and there's lots of perks i send packages like boxes of merch and little notes I, i i write them all i pack them and um so there's that. I, I do want to talk about a couple little things. First, our handles, Ryan. At Inside of You Pod on Twitter, at Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Yeah. And a big shout out to Warren Eckstein, my uncle. It was a great episode last week. If you didn't listen to it and you're here for Gates McFadden, I understand. But I, it was the first time I interviewed a family member, and it was really fascinating. He's like a pet expert and author, and it, people really loved it. So whether you know you want to take a listen, listen to me and my uncle have a chat about life and things. It's interesting. It really is. I was surprised how interesting it would be. Not that he wouldn't be interesting. No, he's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. He really was. He, yeah. he is. Um, a few event, uh, uh, charities I want to just mess, me, me, mention. Uh, one is this charity that I can't go to, but I want to. But there's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's called Crazy Game of Hockey Charity Weekend. And you can go get tickets. It's for the Wild Foundation charity. And wild.com slash crazy game. You can get tickets. There's uh, it's uh, July 8th is a charity hockey game at 1230 with teams compiled of alumni, current NHL players, musicians, celebrities, uh, OAR, the band and Corey Wong concert at the Armory. Pretty cool. A um, lot of great stuff. It's July 7th and 8th in Minneapolis. It's in St. Paul. Uh, crazy game of hockey. Wild.com slash crazy game. Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah. And also just a shout out to Food on Foot for the mm-hmm. homeless problem that we have in this, in not only this country, but in the state of California. My dogs are barking. Uh, foodonfoot.org. Uh, if you want to give um, to the homeless crisis here in Los Angeles, great charity. Rob, who's in Sunspin, the band with me, he uh, is uh, head of marketing or does all that. Also, um, Animal Rescue Mission, my friend Shira's charity. And I've never seen someone so passionate about I mean, it just stresses her out constantly because she's always saving animals. And and she's like, well, you know, I want to act more. And I'm like, because she's done a lot of stuff. 
but I'm like, hey, this is like a purpose. You have purpose. You're saving animals. You're rescuing animals. That's a huge thing. So kudos to Shira and the Animal Rescue Mission if you want to um, get back to that. And Echoes of Hope for Foster Youth. That is uh, a, an amazing charity. Luke and Stacia Robitaille, speaking of hockey. Um, the Inside of You online store is available. Tons of cool merch. Uh, a lot more Smallville stuff coming. New tumblers that you have to see. And um, that's there. I will be in Niagara Falls this coming weekend mm. for a con. Very excited about that. And then look for me elsewhere at other cons. And I might be going to Wales again. I might be going to Wales. Uh, I know we had to cancel. Or the, the, the trip was canceled. But uh, I talked to Jamie, the promoter. And, and we're going to tr- see what we could do in November. Try to get me out there again. We're working on it. I just have to see if I can, if my uh, schedule is available. But uh, I want to say thank you to everybody. Patrons, you rock. We did a Zoom with all the top tier patrons, and it was a blast. And then we did another one with Talkville. Um, You could also get Zooms on Talkville and tons of other stuff. So thanks for listening to the podcast. This guest is just, uh, she was phenomenal. She looks fantastic. I hope I look half her age when I'm her age. Um, Gates McFadden. Uh, We talk Star Trek. We talk life. We talk about career. We talk about, she's so honest and open about, you know, what it's like to be a a woman. And, you know, as you're getting older, I mean, it's, you know, it's hard enough, you know, as a man and a woman, but for women, you know, it appears to be harder, especially for work. And um, it's crap because she's phenomenal. And I can see her on so many things. Um, So if I, did I, have I said, um, a lot or is not bad? That's, it's fine. We'll cut it out. Okay. Jason cut my ums out. Um, you know, my friend Connor, he's Irish and he always goes M instead of like, uh, like we go, uh, I don't know. He goes M yesterday was like, so he goes M. <laughs> I don't know why he does that, but I like it. It's uh, it's cute. They do vowels different. They do there. vowels differently. I, I think you're throwing it forward when you're speaking the Irish accent. Cars on the table. Cars on the table. Sheep stealing home Look, bastard. Cars it's, on the table. Speaking of Irish, I think Gates McFadden. Is she Irish? I'm not sure. Could be Scottish. Could be Scottish. Could be English. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm really bombing. Doesn't matter. I love you guys. Enjoy this episode. I know you will. We've had a lot of Star Trek people on lately because they're phenomenal. And I'm going to have more if you're digging this. So write into the show. And um, without further ado, let's get into Gates McFadden. I love you, lady. It's my point of view You're listening to Inside of You With Michael Rosenbaum Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Gates, yes. you, uh, you walk in here and you're already a bundle of uh, energy and joy. <laughs> I mean, you, I can tell you're a little stressed because you're traveling tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, the drive over here wasn't as easy as you thought. I know. Where it, are you coming from without giving your address? Uh, well, I was coming from uh, Beachwood Bronson area, but it was that I did not, I thought I remembered where the route was to Jonathan's and I went up the wrong street. I went up. So I'm going up there assuming I'm doing right. And I went, Wait a minute, this is not looking familiar at all. Anyway, yeah. I figured it out. Um, but I couldn't get I couldn't get my GPS to work when I was up in the canyon. Oh, so but so luckily the Amazon delivery guy helped you out? He did. He said, Heads up, this is not 
That's up the road. You know, the GPS in the canyon is it's, it's not it's great. It's spotty, shoddy. Or doesn't exist in certain areas. Here's the deal, though. Okay. You, do you have ways? I don't. I used it's, to. It's an app. I use it. Now, the thing that sucks is now uh, my road is sort of a shortcut for people, and now there's more cars than there ever was. And so it, you know, it pisses me off. Okay, frankly. I'll keep and, that in mind. I actually, when people drive down my street fast, I'm one of those old guys, like, slow down! Right. <laughs> Some, right. One guy, like, stopped. He was going so fast, and he stopped, and he started to back up. I don't know what was in my mind, but I ran after him, like, Ooh. oh, yeah? And he sped off. Like, he's like, this guy's crazy. But I, if I didn't, I think he would have been trying to beat me up or no, something. No, that's why I love this show, Beef. I mean, it is just so fabulous how- Beef? I, I get road rage- you know, I, I sometimes have, and then other times I'm super polite, and I'm like, absolutely, just go right in before me, absolutely. Oh, you know what, two of you, go ahead, I've got time. And then there are other times, like, don't you, you know, like, I will slap you? you up. Oh, God, yeah. Do you, like, throw F-bombs at people in cars? No, I don't, not, no, I don't usually do that. You're not an F-bomber? No, no, I'm, I'm a get-the-rifle no, I'm not. I, I, I just really, there are times when there, there's certain people who like to just speed up and they've been, they've been going illegally and then they want to speed up and get in before you. And yeah. I, I, I suss them out because we actually think alike, but I've been, cho I've chosen that day to be kind. <laughs> and so then I don't let them in and they get very aggressive, but it just doesn't bother do me. Do you ever pull up next to someone and just look at them? Yeah. Yeah. And do they ever look back? Yeah. And do they ever say, F you? Yeah. And what and do you do? I just give them a peace sign. Just give them peace? Yep. You know. But if I'm wrong, I always apologize to somebody. Wow. Like I'll do a, yeah, no, I do a whole like wave and I'm sorry and thank you and, you know. So you're, I would say just by hearing this and hearing from Brent Spiner and hearing from Jonathan Frakes, it, like this is one big family. And I, I don't, I don't, I, I buy it, but I'm like, you know, every family has dysfunction. Oh, of course. So, you know. But we, we, you know, we actually are friends. Like, we know what drives us crazy about the other person, but then we also love them for, and it doesn't bother us. Right. We're like, like Brent will say, oh God, that is so you, Gates, right? It's that sort of thing. Now, if that was my husband, it would not be done in that way, probably, right? Really? Well, you know. Oh, that's so Gates. It, <laughs> it's just, it's different. We... We kind of love each other for the idiosyncrasies at this point. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of cool, you know? It is. It's unusual. Because I remember at the airport or something, you and Jonathan were goofing around like, oh, Brent, late again. Yeah. Or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, you know, I didn't know. Like, But you guys obviously joke and have a rapport. Like, and, and your son is, he's the godfather of your son. That's right, he is. Brent Spiner is. That's right. He's the Jewish godfather. Now, Don't uh, tell the Lithuanian priest, though, will you please? Why? Because he it was pretty funny. I had two Jewish godparents. This was for my mother, of course. Right. And uh, that he he was really looking at me like, you have ruined this child's soul. And Brent has always said, okay, if you die, I'm bringing him up Jewish. As if, <laughs> as if I mean, it's just funny. You know, I uh, I have a godson and I didn't want it. In fact. Really? Yeah. So uh, Tom Arnold, good friend of mine, got, you know, kind of got me in the business years ago. I, I don't see him very often anymore. Uh, he's got his own life. But he's like him and his one of his ex-wives called me and uh, <laughs> and they said, hey, we thought about it. And we want you to be Jax's godfather. And I immediately was like, no, 
Don't make me the goth. No, no, buddy, why? buddy. He why, goes, why, buddy, why? you don't have to do anything. Just show up at his bar mitzvah or something <laughs> like that. You don't have to like, you know, you're not like. So in the beginning, I felt like, you know, I went to his birthday, I sent him presents. And I'm like, I, 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 I'm not, I can't. I, I just, I got, I'm, I'm a single dude, you know, I, whatever. So I felt this pressure. And now it's been a while since I've even seen him. Is Brent sort of hands on? Does he call your God, your, your son? And hey, how are you? Oh yeah, I mean oh, ev- every every month he sends him, um, you know, a couple grand. And uh, stop it, you're <laughs> a liar. No, Brent is Brent's been great. He's been very much there every birthday. He never forgets. He doesn't forget um, Christmas. He always does something for those two times. And when he was, you know, when when it's when your son's growing up in particular, and when um, Brent would like. He took him to one of the things when it was Pinocchio and it was an opening and he would do things with them. And, uh, you even know, now? Play, no, even yeah, they, 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 now? yeah, they go and they sing songs together and they play and <laughs> no, my son's got a whole life and career. How old a, is he? My son is, uh, going to be 32. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah. How do you look so good? I'm not, I'm not blowing smoke. But how do you look so good? Because I'm telling you, yeah, I, I have seen women a lot younger or men that don't look. That's my puppy. That don't look like you. You just seem together. The way you dress, your style, your face. <laughs> you just have this like I don't know this innate youthfulness about you. Well. Mon Dieu. Well, I actually... Um, what do you do? I, what do I do? Well, I've always done a tremendous amount of moving around. I move. I move. Like, I, I do... A choreographer. No. I, yeah, I'm a choreographer, but I also did tons of anything movement. I mean, I did Tai Chi. I did Karate. I did Aikido. I did, I've tried just about everything wow. you can do. And I just like it. So my energy always is moving around like if i'm reading something i'm sometimes doing plea it's just it's just me you know it's not that i'm a dancer i don't think of that that i'm really a dancer although i could tap dance for you right now but i'm not going to there's not enough room in there but i'd say oh no oh yeah you can do it it i would just ruin your wooden floors i wouldn't care yeah the puppy i have charlie is ruining my fucking (laughs) floors well anyway i think i think it is an attitude thing how do you eat i eat now um, I have these major gluten and dairy allergies, which just yeah, they developed for me too. Really? Yeah. I, I, I. So I had a guy when I was 24 in New York, and I was still teaching at universities then, and I was you know acting and different stuff, and he did this test, and he said, you know, you're really allergic, like really allergic to gluten and dairy, and I was like. Yeah, that's like all I eat. So, so shut up. And yeah, and and then he said, "No, you really are." And he got me very scared. So I tried to go macrobiotic, which is all you could do then, because if you go into a deli, there's nothing gluten free or without dairy. I mean, come on. So um, I I did my best. I failed, and then I went back to you know eating gluten and dairy, and then I started to get migraines, and they would last finally for three days, and the day I stopped gluten and dairy. I didn't have another migraine. So I knew that there was truth. And then if I would start to cheat, I would start to get a headache. I could feel that that was going to turn into a migraine. Yeah. So it's a drag. And, and I, 
I have to be very careful. I For different periods, I was vegetarian. I, I don't eat any red meat and stuff like that. But I don't think that has really anything to do yeah, with- Yeah, my grandmother, Blanche, who's 95 yeah. in June. Oh, you named her. your dog after Blanche. Well, yeah, and she's still alive. Oh. Uh, and my other dog was Irv, who's named- and my, after grand, my grandfather was like, what the hell are you naming him Irv? I'm not even dead, you know? <laughs> but um, Blanche is, is one of those that it, it, it just- defies like all science it's one of those things where i go she doesn't drink water get out of here i go, you gotta hydrate i haven't hydrated in 94 years what am i gonna do she's my kind of gal and she's like she'll mm. eat whatever she wants and yep. she does this and she all her foods were fatty and oily and <laughs> i mean and so she's 95 she's still walking around she yep. walks better than my 76 year old grandmother wow or my mother Inside of You is brought to you by Factor. I love Factor meals, Ryan. Do you know this? Yes. Why do you know this? Because I've seen them in your fridge and you've offered me some. And you've had them. And I've had them. And you love them. I do. Because I asked you every time. Mm -hmm. um, look, I spent an enormous amount of money using delivery services for food or going grocery shopping and never eating the food that I buy or too many leftovers. And it's just, I waste so much money and, you know... Factor Meals has really changed my life in a lot of ways because they have so many different meals, like 35 different meals, more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. And it takes just two minutes. So it doesn't matter how busy you are, it's two minutes to cook this stuff. You always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. And that's what Factor does. Um, I, I, I just can't get over all the things they have, like filet mignon, shrimp, blackened salmon. Um, their breakfast items, everything, dessert. It's its perfect for my lifestyle, and I think it's perfect for a lot of lifestyles. Um, yeah, you can crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Keep kitchen time to a minimum. Factor meals are ready in two minutes. No shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. Warm, sunnier days are calling, Michael. Well, yes, they are. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. It's pretty incredible. Head to factormeals.com slash inside50 and use code inside50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code inside50 at factormeals.com slash inside50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factor Meals. Inside of You is brought to you by Neurohacker. Qualia Senolytic. Let me tell you something. If you haven't tried this, you are missing out. I just sent this to my mom. I have it. I use it. It's a product that I didn't, I, they weren't even my sponsor when I was using this. And I was like, wow, why do I have more focus or energy? Why do I feel better? Why do I feel different? It's because I take Qualia Synaletic, Neurohacker. Look, if someone would have told me, Ryan, that there are science-backed ingredients that could help me feel 15 years younger in a matter of months, I wouldn't have believed it. 
but uh, I tried quaiocinolytic and the rest is history. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, sluggish mental and physical energy associated with that middle-aged feeling. Also known as zombie cells, they're old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. Much like pruning the yellowing and dead leaves off a plant, quaiocinolytic helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And... You just take it two days a month. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all the ingredients together. And Neurohacker Quaiocinolytic has a 100-day money-back guarantee. Oh, I have, I have more energy. Uh, I feel younger. Uh, I'm more productive. I will tell you that. I'm more productive. And uh, I feel like I have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more enthusiastic about my life. I definitely feel that. And uh, for me, the aches and pains are less lessened by this. So that is a real important thing for me. Help resist aging at the cellular level, folks. Try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside. Neurohacker, N-E-U-R-O-H-A-C-K-E-R. Neurohacker.com slash inside for up to $100 off and use code inside at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. Well, you see, I think it depends on your metabolism. You know, it's like I have one cat, one's really heavy and one's really thin. And the cat who's thinner has this metabolism that goes crazy. Mm. And I think I have that sort of a fat, fast burning uh, metabolism. But you know, who knows? I don't know. I, I'm told every time I go to the doctor, you need to drink more water. I mean, the woman who was my Thai, I, I was going to go for a little Thai acupuncture and she said, stick out your tongue. And I stuck out my tongue and she went, I mean, the look of horror on her face. And she was like, you need to drink more water. You know, like, like I was God. like, okay, do you have some? I'll drink it. It looked like I was going to die. I, I have to, to force more. myself to drink water. Can you hand me that water. water right there next to you? Really? Yeah. Okay. Maybe. See, we're going to both. Well, you're making me want to drink. Well, let's exactly. have a little drink. I'm of trying. Water. Guys out there, drink water. I'm trying. I really have problems. I don't really have a normal thirst all the time, right? Anyway. You know why? why? Water's boring. Why? You know? But you got to no, do it. You have to. It's, it's. I never do. I always like A&W root beer or grape juice, <laughs> sugary shit. And it's probably. Where did you grow up? I, you grew up in Ohio. Or, did you? I grew up in Indiana. I was born in New York, but I grew so, up in a small town in Indiana, okay. southern Indiana. All right. So there's something we have in common. Yep. You yeah. were Akron? Akron. Yep. LeBron, James, and me, and Pat Benatar, Akron General Hospital. They've got a great Knights Inn motel that we used to stay in on our way to New York. Like what? Oh, really? Mm hmm Okay. You could have called up my folks. They would have, you know, you could have stayed They would have housed me? No, they wouldn't have. My dad... I almost said, God bless his soul, he's alive. Uh, my father, you know, he was a frugal man. He, he is a frugal man. Uh, but we would go to these motels, Ryan. We would go to these motels. Okay. And it'd be me, my sister, brother, little brother, mom, dad. Wow. Two beds and a cot in one room. 
And the hotel was probably $39 a night. Right. I'm like, get two rooms. I know. And not only that, but I'm doing armpit farts till like two in the morning. And <laughs> my dad's pissed, but he's kind of laughing, but he's pissed. Cut it out. Damn it. See, that's the kind of motel rooms that I cleaned uh, one summer for uh, trying to earn money for college. Yeah. Really clean motels. I did oh, one I summer. I bet you find some stuff. Oh, God. They had a little them? envelope that said, little envelope for the maid. I cannot tell you how many pubic hairs I would find in that envelope. Oh, my God. Oh, people would really do, do horribly, you know, but they were down with their friends drinking parties and stuff. And laying out pubes. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's what they're doing. I mean, really, it was pretty gross. But it did teach me I don't want to do that for a living. Yeah. yeah. Did you were, you, were your parents cool growing up? Were you like, did you have a good family? I adored my parents growing up. I just, you know, I looked up to them they pushed us my, my mother in particular really pushed my brother and me hard i mean we were like just everything like we had to be just do everything cleaning it, studying everything, everything everything you know girl scouts had to do a sport had i had to do violin the poor teacher my poor russian teacher he would go it was arpad garinsky and arpad and and he'd go Sherilyn, Sherilyn, you got to practice, practice. <laughs> I would have just done like <laughs> 10 minutes before he arrived, right? But there were just too many activities. And every night I'd go to the dance studio for like hours after school. Um, and I think in retrospect, I don't know, I never asked my mother this because it only has occurred to me really late in life. Everyone's always freaked out when they see, see how bad my scoliosis is. I have a really bad scoliosis. Really? Yeah. And I suspect that the doctor, when I was born, said, the good news is she's alive. The bad news is she's got a really bad scoliosis. And I think my mother got me. She had me doing dance when I was two and a half years old. So it made it worse. <laughs> no, it made it better. You think it made it better? Movement oh, and... God, yes. Yeah, I, I, I understand that because I, I've had a lot of back surgeries, a lot of back problems. Have you? But when I'm... Yeah, oh, yeah, like eight spine surgeries but mm. when i um when i'm stagnant when i'm not doing a lot it's i worse. feel like it's worse when it i actually go and do things uh, it's good for the brain but it also which your brain and your the pain are kind of connected arthritis is also something that it's worse if you don't move it's really weird you really have to get the blood circulating and do stuff i was told like 20 years ago i needed a knee replacement right away and i said nah, i'm not doing it and i've really worked on just building up the muscles around and i'm still good you know i can't do i can't go up and down on one leg like i used to but i could i can at least do a ton of stuff i think it's really about i mean i don't claim to take care of myself that well i just um, genetics well, my my grandmother did when she was a hundred. She did have beautiful skin. I got a hundred. She yeah. I they, they we had longevity in my. Are your parents still alive? No, they both died within a year of each other. It was really tough. My mother got um, uterine cancer. My dad had ALS. It was pretty brutal. So I. When started, was this? This was right. It's kind of when I stopped going up for anything, and my agents said, "You're not going up for anything. Goodbye." Um, that was like. I don't know, 35 years ago. Wow. It's yeah. been a while since that happened. 30, th maybe that's too much. Yeah, yeah. It's too much. But you still. So think, 20 years ago. 20 you, years ago. They say, you know, I could feel this with, uh, you know, with my grandmother who passed and I could feel it with my dog where you still think about them. Oh, all the but time. It's, it, yeah, all the time. I still want to call my grandmother. 
Right. Five one six six seven eight five zero seven five. I know the number. <laughs> but what's great is actually I'm, I was really off. I don't think it was that far. I think it was like about fifteen years ago that that happened. Maybe I don't know. I don't, how old am I? I have no idea. But at any rate, <laughs> I have no idea. I it was just a horrible period, and it was awful because it was like right in that one year they both I lost them both. But I would say about two years afterwards, like I felt them always with me. It was like okay. They're part of me. I, you know, it's cool. And I wasn't missing them in the same way. Like I'd sort of like, uh, I felt their, their presence in me. Right. And that was kind of nice. But when I went away to college, people, I would hear someone on the phone and they'd be going, all right, you bitch. Yeah. Okay. Goodbye. And I go, oh my God, who was that? My mom, you know, and I'm like, what? Wow. It didn't even occur you to me. You never talked like that. Oh, I never did. Never did. I couldn't refer to my mother as she, or my dad would get pissed. Well, she said, don't you refer to your mother as <laughs> really? she. Well, it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, you couldn't do that. Where'd you go to college? I went to a school called Western Kentucky University, the Hilltoppers. And- okay. I've heard of that. I graduated from Brandeis. Brandeis? And I taught at Brandeis for six years, Didn't you years also too. teach at Harvard and I Pittsburgh? Taught, I taught two seminars at Harvard. And I've taught, yeah, I, I was... I was not full-time faculty at Harvard. I was full-time faculty at like several schools. Um, but I taught at a bunch, like Brandeis full-time. Um, wow. I taught Marta Kaufman and David Crane. Really? Yeah. Did you want to, <laughs> did you Did you want to become an actor? Is this something you had a passion for? Or you I really was, wanted it, you had other stuff going no, on? No, I, I, well, I think I, when I was a kid, I've said this in my podcast. I mean, I was always building houses for my dolls or making air force bases and stuff i really liked construction i'd go in the dirt pile i'd make cities i think that had i been left alone to my own devices that would have been my direction uh, like i didn't like playing with dolls i liked making houses for them but wow. because my mother and father both um loved you know the cinema and all of that i think that they they were kind of hoping i would be like grace kelly Kind of win the Academy Award and then marry a king. I think that was kind of their agenda and then for me. Die on a cliff, <laughs> sort of. What, yeah, <laughs> she did. She flew off a cliff. I know. I, you know, she's my favorite. I, I always think of when she I, was so Betty amazing. Davis and Grace Kelly. Unbelievable. Yeah, really, yeah. really awesome. I agree. I liked Barbara Stanwyck too. She was pretty cool. Yeah, she yep. was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, like my brother. I mean, he went to Harvard Law School and Business School, the first joint program they ever had. So there was something. It's because they didn't have the opportunities. Like my mother had gotten scholarships to a couple of universities and they needed her to work to make money. And I think that growing up as they were both in the depression period and stuff, it just changes how you think about stuff. But yeah, I, I, um, I was very close with them and they were, they were great. Um, and my brother now is, he just moved to LA for part of the year he's going to be in LA. So that that's nice. Do you, do you think, I'll get off the death subject, but, um, <clears throat> you know, well, look, you're a little older than I am. Not much, right. but you've probably experienced more death than I have. The, obviously the older you get, my grandmother like is 95 and she has no, none of her friends are alive. Not, none wow. of the people she loved wow. except her, like immediate, some of her, you know, her immediate family. So <clears throat> I can't imagine. It's like, how do you deal? Do you start to become numb and just accepting I, I just don't know how I'll deal I with was, death. I was talking with Kate Mulgrew about this because she was feeling that. Like, oh, my friends are dying. And my, and and I had a, a really wonderful friend who died a couple of weeks ago who was just fantastic actor, Carol Locatell. 
But actually, I've had so many friends who are younger than me uh, because I, I don't know if it was from teaching or what. Um, I think when I moved to L.A. and left my New York community, because I had a real community of friends that were there, and it was harder to stay in touch with them. Um, I think that changed. But I also have a, I'm, have very close friends who are younger than I am, and we're, but we always hang. And uh, I think that makes a difference, just having a good cross-section of friends. My friends are not all my age. Um, and then, of course... Probably the, the next gen cast will just all die at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. Inside of you is brought to you by Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. And look, hair thinning impacts a lot of us, myself included. In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common, it's normal. Join over 1 million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. Nutrafol helps support hair growth from within by targeting possible key root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and even metabolism. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little more of your scalp? as menopause impacted your hormones and your hairline. When it comes to thinning hair, there are many possible root causes at play, and Nutrafol helps address them through a multi-targeted, whole-body approach. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In Nutrafol's own clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months, and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In Nutrafol's own clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months. And 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplements for six months. Take their hair wellness quiz at Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific possible root causes. With Nutrafol, getting help building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription or doctor's visits required, Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day. You could see results in three to six months. Take the first step to help you see visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code INSIDE. Find out why 4,500 professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L, Dot com promo code inside that's neutrafall.com promo code inside this show is sponsored by better help i don't know how many times i have to talk about this but it's so important if you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time um better help has helped me substantially ryan here have been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp, when you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up. 
and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash inside. I find it interesting, and I hope you haven't told the story, but I know you have. But like when you, you know, you started acting, you started getting work, you start seeing like, you know, uh, things are working out. I'm getting, you know, but when you first got Star Trek Next Generation, I read that, is this true? They they, they fired you after the first season? After, well, they don't call it firing. They say you're not asked back. No, you were fired. (laughs) Um, No, but, you know, what, what, here, like Maurice Hurley. Yes. Head writer and showrunner did not like working with you. And under her, at her demand, you were let go. Is that true? It was like he. Oh. I think it is true. I, but Maurice, see, I don't so, yeah. know that. I don't know that for sure. But here's the thing. I think they had, um, like I had said no to Star Trek twice before and went to do a play for 400 bucks a week uh, with Linda oh, Hunt. Yes. So I was not, I was, I was, I was a person who wanted, came from this, Let's change the world. Let's do something. And I wasn't at all into the business aspect of, be it theater even, or uh, cinema. I didn't, that, that's not where I came from. I came from like, okay, guys, we're going to make this the best we can make. And so many of the things that I'd done had been collaborations, like complete collaborations with people. We would develop a piece. And I loved that. So when I, um, or it was a brand new play, and then we'd have weeks to work on it. So I didn't get this whole Hollywood thing. And there really are politics. Oh. Yeah, well, I didn't know that. And I think, and also it was a different time. They really, they wanted women to look pretty and be a certain way, but they really didn't want you to like, you know, speak up as if you were their equal, I think. So I don't know. I think I I definitely pissed him off, Maurice Hurley, because I, I kept saying, why is it that, I've raised this genius kid, Will Wheaton's character, uh, Wesley Crusher. I mean, the guy's saved the ship so many times, right? And and audiences didn't like that in the beginning. But I mean, clearly, I had something to do with it. It wasn't just this dead husband. And yet, every time there's anything even possibly serious, it's only the male characters that talk to him. And I know he doesn't have a dad, but all you ever have Beverly Crusher doing is, oh, Wesley, you know, why didn't you do that? And I'm like, wait a minute, she's a scientist. I'm not buying this. This is like uh, leave it to beaver kind of um, yeah. mother thing. Yeah. And so I had a problem with it. And sure. I thought certain, like uh, I thought Angel One was a really silly sexist script of um, there's this 
planet of women and they're doing really well and they all happen to be really good looking, which is you know, fortunate. But then all That's of a sudden- That's my kind of planet. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. And then all of a sudden, no, Will Riker, Jonathan Frakes goes down and they just, they they lose their mind because like, you know- it, it's, it, a man. it's a man. It's a man. It's a man. I mean, things like that. And I think that really pissed, I know it did piss him off. And I and Gene didn't love it either. So especially since I had been so, I'm not sure I want to do this in the beginning. Right. So that's what happened. Ah. And and um, whereas my agent had said, "Oh no, your character's like the third most popular character." Blah blah blah. I have no idea of of any fact. Because right, it was on in social media when it first started. No, right. there wasn't. Right. But you had sort of like people would still rate things or something. Right. Anyway, I have no idea. But then I thought that was over, and I went and did a play in New York and. Did Hunt for Red October, which was supposed to go into being in the second movie. And then Alec Baldwin asked for too much money and they recast both characters. Oh. Yeah. So there you go. But but I did do a play that I loved in New York City and it was uh, very it was fulfilling. It was actually. I loved doing it. Yeah. I love that. But when when the, but then they asked you back. <laughs> yeah. And see for season three. Yeah. And you were probably like, F you. You know, it was weird because they they it was Patrick who first called me, and wow. Patrick said it's not working so well, darling. And you know, and <laughs> um, would you consider coming back? And then Rick Berman called me. I think Gene. I think it was probably Rick and Patrick who talked the studio into having me back, or not the studio, but I think Gene was because Gene loved Diana Muldaur. He had worked with her um, for a long time, and it was more of that kind of the character of Bones, but as a female. Anyway, um, my agent was a huge Star Trek fan, and <laughs> she was more upset at not being brought back than I was. And so she was so chomping at the bit um, to get me back on. And I said, I want to make sure that it's really the character who's the love interest of Picard, da 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 And she said, yep, yep, same character. That's what they said. And, of course, it wasn't. Um, they It took a long time for the character to sort of find its way because it was sort of like... Diana Muldar's character, they had, you know how they get scripts ahead. And if I had been smarter about the whole system, I probably would have said, well, let's see some of these scripts or something. But I just wasn't. But I mean, I hope you fired your agent. I didn't fire my agent. No, I don't. Because they I just do don't that. do that. I know, but I don't do things like that, yeah. really. I don't know. I There's so many things. <laughs> that- no, neither do I. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do that. I don't. I, mean, I do I it should. when it's warranted. I, I, I Look, I've had... I've had Two managers in my life. Yeah, That's but- it. I've had, uh, usually I've stayed with my last agent, who is my agent now for many years, but uh, you have to know it's a business. And what they do is they want to get you in something so they can make money and then you're out of sight. I know, but on the other hand, them. I agree. But on the other hand, you know, she was the one who talked me into going up in the first place. Right. I That was a fluke. I was on my way to the airport and she's from uh, something else I had tested for. She's like, no, you've got to, they have, you know, I mean, that was a fluke. So again, um, I think what's weird and what I realize now in my life, I'm putting together the fact that like sort of three of the most important things in my life have kind of come through the back door. Like I've said, no, 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 no. And then finally I go, okay. And they end up being something that is on some level or another life-changing. There, It's not like it's all what good. What are those or things? Well, one was doing Star Trek, okay? Because I said no twice. Right. And the other one was I said no to Labyrinth a bunch of times. 
um, working with Jim Henson. And then I, I said no to the podcast. And I think what I've learned from the podcast is that no matter how much I complain, I actually like learning new skills. And I like sort of testing myself on you know, can I do this? And what is that? Give and, it your best shot. Like, I want to be successful. I want this to I work. I don't know. I don't think it's that. No? No, I think it's more like, what is this? Is this something I like? Is this something I don't like? Oh, here's how you edit. Oh, that can really change how something appears. I love that. I'm interested more in, it's like teaching was that way. I didn't go off trying to be a teacher it was thrust upon me because I was recommended by my teacher and it just happened and it was better than cleaning motel rooms. Right. Yeah. So that's how the teaching started. I was teaching all different places in both New York and Cambridge, taking the Greyhound bus and making paper mache masks for my mask class. And, you know, I mean, I, I worked my wow. butt off for it, but again, I got to direct and that's what I loved. I directed a lot of plays when I was in academia and I really think those are some of the best things. My, I, I mean, I really love directing um, theater a lot. And that's why, uh, you know, I built a theater in L.A., you know? I mean, it's, it's – I didn't want to be really artistic director of this theater, but then the only thing – It's still here, too. Yeah. Oh, what, yeah. It's it successful. Well, it's the Atwater Village Theater. Yep. And the Echo – a lot of companies now sort of take credit for it, but, but I know it was me, the first person who went in there. And it, I sold uh, – almost all my memorabilia and I and put the money into building it. Wow. Um, and that again is going back to building something. Go back to being a little kid. I think I love building things from the ground up a lot. I don't care if it's a theater piece, if it's, you know, I love collaboration of that sort where you can get into arguments, but it's about what the, you know, making the piece the best it can be. Yeah. And that, to me is where I am happiest. I don't care if it's even, you know, you're doing a recipe. It's like, I love that kind of experimenting, trying to figure that out. I love that. That That's inspirational. I wish, it's not that I'm not like that, but I feel like um, I, 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 I see something, I have a great idea. It's hard for me to want it to, I want it to come to fruition, but all the work it will take is daunting usually. And I'm yeah. trying, kind of like, just, I just don't think I'm going to be able to have the time to do that. Well, I, I hear <laughs> because you because I'm not going to make the time to do it. And it's just so, so much you have to pick your battles and pick your uh, passions and pick your, you know. And sometimes you're like, you know, I could have put more work into that. I could have put, or am I wasting my time on something that I really don't love doing? Right. And that's something I've t thought about for a while with acting. You know, it's something that I think I, I, I. I, I was good at, I worked hard, I became successful. So I'm like, why don't I want to do this as much? Why don't, and I'm sure there are a lot of different reasons, you know, uh, you know, working hard and then nothing comes, it, it doesn't do well, doesn't do well, uh, you know, not, it just, there's a lot of things. And then 14 hours on set, all these things that I just was like, you know, I like sitting here. Yeah. I, this is fun. I get to see Ryan's handsome face every day. I get to see your beautiful face. I meet new people. I'm good with people. And I'm, I, I, but I feel guilty. There's that side of me that's going, why 
why aren't you doing that? And your agents and all these people are saying, dude, why aren't you acting more? Well, I, I wish I was acting more. I would really- you, you, you love acting. I love acting. I really do. But you I, are acting. You're on Picard. Yeah, I know. But I mean, I wish people would let me do some of the character and funny stuff. I remember going in and doing a pratfall in my spike heels, like in early, uh, in the 80s sometimes, and people just freaked out. Whereas I knew how to do pratfalls. You were like a Chevy Chase in the 80s, right? I, I was. I love that me kind too. of stuff. I love- the, I love physical. Yeah, I love physical stuff like that, and I also love being like a Margaret Dumont character. I'm a really good mean straight. Um, you know, I I love all that thing. What happens when you get out here is people see you as only a certain way. You know, and it's a shame because I could see mm -hmm. like I'm looking at you, and I, I'll be honest, I wasn't a big Star Trek fan. I, I'm a Star Wars fan, so I've sort of been. You know, I dabble in it and I, I'm like, hey, this is pretty cool. But I haven't gone in deep like a lot of the people listening are, you know, a lot of Star Trek fans or will become or become fans right, of right, yours. Right. But um, uh, where was I going with that, Ryan? You were about, I could see that or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. and you. Yes. What I'm saying Let's is. Let's talk about me, but, please. But no, it's true. I, I look at you and I'm like, even when you were doing that Russian character a little while ago, I was like, she <clears> could <throat> probably do anything. <laughs> I mean, I could just see <clears throat> you as. I mean, I, I don't know why you're not like... Uh, see, I love to do accents. I, I mean, I did accents when I did stage stuff in New York. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's because I started getting an agent and doing it in the business when I was already in my 30s, you know. And I think I, I did a whole bunch of stuff that was just like less on the radar. I was working on experimental projects and doing stuff like that. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think the European model was one that I was more comfortable with where you really had time to develop stuff. No one has time to develop projects anymore. I'd cast you in something for sure. <laughs> uh, that's what's going on in my head, thinking of projects that I want to, I'm going to create and do and like things that I'm doing. I'm like, I, there's got to be something, something <laughs> for Gates. Something. No, I, I, know. I mean, I'd write a character. I think you're just super talented and super <laughs> fun to work with. And I, I can't believe like you're older than I thought when I met you. At, the, at a con and then at the airport. Right, right. I was like, she's probably in her early 60s, you know? Yeah. I, it's just like, you. I, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I think I have never seemed the age that I really am. When I was younger, I always seemed older. And as I got older, I always seemed younger. And I, that's really the truth. Like I, I was faking my age with agents in Ohio and going to Oil City, Pennsylvania, at falsies <laughs> in my costume in sequence. Falsies? And yeah. Well, I was like four, fourteen. Yeah, right. I was. They, they called them falsies then. Uh, they were like I don't know. They different from what they have now. I'm or sure. Or fakies. Falsies. Fakies. Exactly. <laughs> and then I would, and I was like fourteen. And my mother would pull this makeup on me, and um, and I'd sing. You know. I'd sing a song, uh, Basin Street, you know, and I'd start the tap dance and then take off the skirt and tap a little more. And, you know, I'd have I'd have like a trumpet player, a guitar player and a drummer. And then the host would say, yeah, let's see it again. She's the Ann Margaret of Ohio. Do it again. Give her another round. And then I'd have to they they'd want me to do that number again. And I'm going, <sighs> <laughs> your, your smile when you have lipstick on your smile is fixed. Inside of You is brought to you by Neurohacker, Qualia Synaletic. I just sent some of this to my mother, and she's starting to notice the differences. Hmm. 
in herself. And, she, and because I noticed my mother was always had brain fog and, and she couldn't think clearly. And, and, you know, and, and I, I was like, well, this stuff works for me. And what's great is I didn't even, they weren't even a sponsor when I started using this. Um, have you heard of Synaletics yet? Well, listen, it's a class of ingredients discovered less than 10 years ago. And they're being called one of the biggest discoveries of our time for helping to promote healthy aging and helping to enhance your physical prime. Your life goals in your career and beyond require productivity. But let's be honest, the aging process is not our friend when it comes to endless energy and productivity. That's why I use Qualia Senolytic. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging, such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, hello, sluggish mental and physical energy, hello, associated with that middle age feeling, hello. Also known as zombie cells, they are old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. Much like pruning the yellowing and dead leaves off a plant, Qualia Senoletic helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And you just take it two days a month. That's it. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all ingredients together. And they must believe in their product because they have a 100-day money-back guarantee. It's pretty amazing. I felt higher energies. Uh, I feel uh, more focused. Um, younger, I have to say, because a lot of these things make me feel younger. I feel more uh, productivity happening in my life, a little more enthusiastic, Help resist aging at the cellular level. Try Qualia Senoletic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside for up to $100 off and use code inside at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. Thanks to Neurohacker for sponsoring today's episode. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The products and statements are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Inside of You is brought to you by Rocket Money. If you want to save money, listen up. <laughs> I don't know how, how to tell you this other than this really works. Ryan went through this. Mm -hmm. We have so many unwanted subscriptions that we forget we have. And, uh, you know, there's so many apps nowadays that we just get lost. And, you know, I'm not very app savvy. And, you know, I'll watch a streamer. And then the next thing I know, I forget that I just watched one show and I'm still subscribed to this after six months with rocket money. They take care of you. Rocket money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Why don't you say, did you know that nearly 75% and end at, did you know that nearly 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about? Yeah. I'm one of those people, Ryan. And between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it's never ending. Thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I could see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few taps. I love the dashboard and how it shows me this month's spending compared to last month. I like doing that. Uh, so I can clearly see my spending habits. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions. That's simply astonishing. Saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. So, stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. But you made yourself look older. Yes. Older than you were. Yes, yes. And by the way, I could see the Anne Margaret thing. Did <laughs> well, you have sex with Elvis? No. Oh, if only. Would that, you have? Well. If you met Elvis one night after she goes, hey, how you doing? And you just said, hey, let's go to my room up at the... Uh, where, I where think I would have tried to, to say, why don't we just tell stories to each other? No, thanks, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I need a storyteller. I won't do that on stage. Well, you know, you never know. When he was young, oh, yeah. But then... You know. Yeah, then the drugs and the toilet and all that stuff, that didn't work out. <laughs> Poor but, Elvis. You know, we were talking about cons. Yes. And uh, that's where we met. And we both do the cons. Well, I met you at an airport. Yeah, we met at an airport first. I think I came up to your table at I a con once. So. You don't no. remember me. Anyway. No, because you liked Star Wars. See, that you're thinking of. No, but I. Carrie it's Fisher. not that I don't like Star Trek. <laughs> I do. I just am not as deeply invested as. Take a note on that, please. Take a note you? on that. All no, right. but. I wrote down Sex with Elvis and I'm on the next thing. So. Okay, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and I, I know, like, for instance, one of my co stars, um, she had like a stalker, she had someone come to the show. Oh really? And, I, well, at and, the show, and she, she, they, they like really they got him out of the country. Like he showed up, and that was somebody who was sending these messages on. Oh, Instagram. it's so creepy, and it's so creepy. And I know that you had something like that. Oh. And she was really. I was like, "What can I do? I'll go handle it." I, yeah, you know. I mean, well, and if, you stopped going to cons because of it. No, 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 no. I was afraid to go to them. I was stalked when I was teaching at University of Pittsburgh. What? Yep, and it was terrifying. It was before the stalker. Um, law was even, you know, before Rebecca Schaefer was murdered. And uh, it was really, really scary. Um, he almost, I mean, he, then when I got, I wanted to get out of there and there was nothing I could do. Um, he would just be everywhere. He would know where, when my lights were off. I mean, I, no matter what, he would, I'd get, uh, I'd get big missives that he would write and I'd tear them up. And then I'd just go a few paces away and then there'd be a new one that would be in my purse. I'd like, how is this happening? It was like really scary. And he followed me when I changed jobs and went to Brandeis. And then he had written all these open postcards. I didn't even know the people who had hired me. I'd met them once when I had, you know, you're you're sent and you're supposed to be tested. Like, do the students like her? You teach for a day, right? You teach all the classes. And then they decide if they want to hire you. And I got this offer as an assistant professor. And um, I arrived there the first day in the office and all the people in the office are looking at each other like, yes, well, here, here's some cards that have arrived. They're sort of personal. And it was like cards that he had written talking about our relationship and all that, and all of which was fabricated. And they didn't know, they're like. They didn't know, it was so weird. And then that winter, like in December, there was a huge snowstorm. And uh, I mean, nine feet of snow had fallen and we were all trying to dig our cars out. So I was on this, I had gotten an apartment in Cambridge and there were some people, we were all on the street trying to dig out the street. And there's a guy who we had seen each other and he taught photography at RISD, Rhode Island School of Design. 
And we we were doing it for hours. And he said, hey, you want to come up for my place? We'll just have a hot toddy or something. And I said, sure. I'd never met him. That was the first time I'd met him. I go up. The guy's preparing a drink. And there's a knock on the door. And open up. And there is my stalker. And he grabs me by the hair. I mean, it was like amazing. And uh, What? Yeah. I mean, here he is in another state on a snowy night, and he was—he looked like Tony Perkins in Psycho. It was like scary. And this other guy had a fake gun, and he put the fake—he he went and got it. And uh, and then we called the police, and the police said, there's nothing we can do until he hurts you. And I said, well, he grabbed me. He assaulted me in that way. And they said, no, but we, are there bruises? And I went, well, no, because are the guy— Are you fucking <clears throat> kidding yeah. me? So I, you know— yeah, I slept with a, a butcher knife under my pillow for quite well, a while. How did it end? It just sort of trailed off. He sent me dead flowers. I just sort of trailed dead off. Dead flowers. And I never knew when I'd run into him. Look, the guy probably had mental illness. I don't, you know, I'm sure that he's probably. probably. Well, I don't, I don't want to, you know, what if he was really someone who just, I don't know. It was really scary, though. And um, that's why I didn't want to go to cons because oh. I thought I'd see him. Because you're I like thought, almost inviting <clears throat> him inadvertently. Like, look, I'm, I'll be at here. I'll be right. right. So I sort of was like always trying to not do stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry you had to deal with that. That has to be the most terrifying. Like he thought he he owned you. <clears throat> yeah. Well, no. And you fabricate. It's amazing, actually. It's the fab- You cannot say anything. He was a graduate student. Well, I shouldn't say more details right, because right, I don't right. want him to. Anyway, they will, no matter what you say, it feeds into something that they're going to justify. Yeah. So oh, you I'm... just can't engage. And I'll tell you, the this was the most weird thing. So I was teaching a class called Playwriting Through Improvisation. And the very first day, this was like my second year I'd been teaching it there. And there's like 40 students and he's in the class and he's like, I have to talk to you. I have to talk to you right now. I have to go out in the hall. And I'm like, well, can't, can't I wait for after? No, it has to be now. And that's when it started. And he, you know, he just went, you know, we are, we are uh, lovers. We've been lovers. We have to stop doing, I mean, it was just like this whole fabricated thing. And, it and was, you're like, you have to go. I was like, this is my class. Yeah. I mean, I was really young. I was in, oh my God, I'm just, I was oof. in my twenties. It was like scary. You know, and it's people, you just guys will not men don't understand how uh invasive how oh yeah intrusive yeah you know and i on a smaller scale i've had a couple where i'm doing stand-up and someone shows up that she's always showing up where i am hey hey and i'm like how's it going how are yeah. you oh cool and this time i'm about to go on stage i go i'm gonna go on stage and she goes look grabs my hand and we we have something here. Mm-hmm. And I go, what are you talking about? I listened to your podcast. You're single. I go, no, no actually, I, I'm dating so much because no, you're not. <laughs> right. And it was intense. I go, all right, you've crossed the line. Stop it. Stop it. I've been a nice guy to you. I don't want to deal with this anymore. I'm going on stage. Goodbye. And she just, and then I fucked off, you know? It's easier for guys to do that. I That's think. why I'm saying yeah. it's easier for guys to do and that. And maybe women can do it more easily in my generation, in the younger generations. But in my generation, it was pretty, pretty yeah. tough. I mean, because you know, when I would ever speak in that sort of way, I mean, that's when they, that's when they'll fire you. You know, they don't want really. It, I think that, and again, maybe that's just my projection. Maybe I was just a complete asshole and deserved to be. No, you know, I, I, no. I don't know. 
one never knows the other side of something. But um, yeah, it's it's awkward. It's weird when someone's. Mm. All right, let's go to a happy place. Okay. I hope it was a happy place. The Jim Henson working with Jim Henson was (laughs) (laughs) maybe not. Was he? Because look, you you get this sort of. You know, in in my my perception, and I guess a lot of the people in the world, they like you know this quiet, reserved uh, genius who uh, is humble. I I don't know. I don't know anything about him other than he created the Muppets, and and wow, this is great. But I'm looking at you right now, and I'm saying, well, maybe he wasn't the nicest person to work with. Um, you know, let me say this about working there. Um, I love Kermit. Okay. Kermit is definitely very special to me. Why is that? Um, I think it's how he copes with being green. I think I think he really is a coper. He he knows how to just deal with that, um, and he's just very lovable. You know, he really is. He um, we, we, we communed. It was good. I it like was it. there. Yeah. No, he was good. Um, I think there, it's a lot like Beirut. You go and. He lets people fight it out. He really puts a group of terrific people together, but they might not all work together well, <laughs> and you have to sort of fight it out. Um, it was something that was the only reason I took it was because I had almost I had lost two other fabulous jobs because I had a skiing accident. I was supposed to be in Hannah and her sisters. I had five scenes. Oh, Part man. was just cut out. And uh, I also was shooting a television thing and it was going to be a two-month gig. And I had shot, I think, a day and I was recast because I almost died. But my life was saved. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, that was a good thing. But things had been going really well acting-wise. And that was the period where – and Jim had seen me do Cloud Nine, Tommy Toon's production of Cloud Nine. I was a replacement cast. Um, brilliant play. It was the first, it was how I got my equity card, actually. I did it for, I don't know, quite a few months. And what an amazing, it was the triple role. It was fabulous. And I, and he had seen me do that. I didn't know it, but he had seen me do that. And he knew I was teaching at NYU Tisch at the graduate program. He knew I was teaching acting stuff and doing comedy. I was doing clown in the theatrical clown. I taught that for years. And um, movement. And- well, yeah, but mainly at that point, it was Theatrical Clown, which was really about finding your own comic persona, your own point of view of the world, and um, just being so present, you know. Um, and anyway, um, I think it was just this this tough time for me. And I went, well, I have to earn some money. And so I said, yes. I had done this other... So I said yes, and then he had me do this other movie sort of to try me out. And I loved that process. It was with a director named Gavin Miller. And it was called uh, Dr- Dream, Child with, Dream Child with Ian Holm, wow. Cora Brown, and um, Coral Brown, and Peter Gallagher, and Jane Asher. And I was in charge of directing the fantasy sequences for Gavin Miller. So I would direct all of these fantasy sequences with the Mad Hatter and all of this stuff. And he liked that. And and well, he, and then he would say, yeah, how about, I like this version. I would do, give him like three choices. And he'd say, I like this. And can you do that? You know, and it was great. And I loved the way he directed. It was, it was super fun. Even though it was a, like a condensed period and I had never done any of this before. Again, it was like, you know, you're building it. You're you're creating. Well, it. I didn't work with you know the animatronics. It's like you'd have all these buttons, and just to do the Mad Hatter mouth, there were seven people on it on the face. Seven Jeez. people. You had people doing the, the the jaw up and down. Then you had people doing the lips. You had people doing the 
the eyes, the eyelids. Anyone the, messes up. Doesn't well, work. exactly, and and then you have three or four characters uh, in the same setup, and then you had we had a live British actor who I would have do the voice. I mean, it was complicated. So anyway, I ended up doing it. It was a year of my life, and then I was Frank Oz said, "Do you want to do Little Shop of Horrors and do the plant?" And I went, "No, I think I want to go back and do acting." <laughs> Thank you very much. And I loved Frank. I loved Frank, but I I just it wasn't my genre. What can I say? Did I, you have him do the Yoda voice? No, I didn't. No. I would have done it. Frank, <laughs> you can you just can you ask me in your Yoda voice and I'll consider it? Mm, join me. Little Shop of Horror. I'm sorry, that's terrible. Um, um, it was really fun working with David Bowie, though. But I'll then, say that. But Labyrinth. Then you went to Labyrinth. Labyrinth, yeah. David Bowie was amazing. He was amazing. Well, he was amazing. I don't think I, I really I think I was I think I was shy and I sort of I cover up shyness by being businesslike or something, you know? Yeah. I think so. I think that had I really allowed myself to just go, wow, David Evan Bowie. Wow. He was so cool. Just because he was um, so unpretentious. Yeah. And so gifted. I mean, there's very few people who could pull off that character. I want to yeah. tell you. You know, really. I, I love David Bowie. Yeah. yeah. I loved his last video my god that was oh, so the documentary good. well no but his last music video he made oh, oh yeah yeah lazarus yeah. i mean it's just like amazing yeah he was revolutionary he really sure. was I mean, he really back, was in so um, many ways so god, you've done all this stuff it's just unbelievable i could talk to you forever um picard this okay. is what is this season three no, yeah season three the final season of picard yeah the right what can you tell us the biggest secret it's been shown it's done they, they've aired it. With, yes. with, with data. 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 I always say that. I data. Know. I know. I love it. It with drives data. me crazy. It was a huge reveal. Well, there were lots of reveals. The What's your favorite reveal besides Data? <laughs> no, the reveals were all over the place. It's the fact that I had a, a son that Picard didn't know about, and it was his son. That's the biggest reveal. That is the biggest reveal. That was the biggest one. When yes. you read that, were you like, Oh my God. Well, I knew that it was there because if it hadn't been an interesting storyline, I'm I don't think I would have done it. I think that might be true for several of us, but um because the parts had been pretty much nothing for my character in the movies. It was just like, you know, oh yeah, well, right, we gotta put her in a couple of That's scenes. gotta be so annoying. <laughs> it's disappointing. I mean, they'll pay yeah. you. Yeah. It's it, annoying isn't the word, but it, it is disappointing. You wanna be more of a, a, a I mean, integral again, part of it. Again, it goes back to the thing. It's it's for me, it's not about. I mean, I'm sure there's there's tremendous ego. I'm sure all sorts of things, but I know for me, I am happiest. I don't care whether I'm directing at that night at the 99 seat theater, 100 seat theater in Atwater Village. I forget to eat. I forget I'm hungry. I forget if it's the process. I get into the process. The process. I really do. I mean, it's not bullshit. I really do love it. I don't care if it's teaching it's watching the people get it you know watching and if the you light don't book. feel like you're a real part of the process it, you don't you it, feel that's like right. sort of bored you feel well bored or disappointed or you feel ancillary you're just not it's not very important and it's then not you challenging. and then you go well okay people go well they yeah i'm doing this and they're paying me that much and i don't it's tricky you know i would much rather feel really great about the part of what it is or be challenged in some way. But, but you it, love the show. I do. I do. I think it's, I mean, and, and I've learned how to love it. I didn't watch Star Trek 
I didn't watch Star Wars either. I mean, I didn't have a TV when I lived in New York. I know. Seriously. But I think, um, oh, by meeting the fans, we, we, I've met some really interesting people and you, you learn about the economy and the socioeconomic situation of the United States of America when you go to these places. And, you know, you, you can tell where you're near a military base or in the South when it's like, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. And other places it's not. And there are, there are places where people obviously don't have dental care and their teeth are just like. Uh, so you learn a lot. And most of the people really believe in the future and they care about it. And it's not so much. Um, I don't think they just go, oh, you're Dr. Crusher. I don't think so. I think it's more like they believe in what the whole Michigas of Star Trek Michigas. is. Michigas. Yeah. I don't use that word. You are What's Michigas? The whole story? Gestalt. Gestalt. Okay. The Gestalt. Yeah, the Gestalt. Can you do a good German accent? Sprechen Sie etwas Deutsch? Können Sie lesen und schreiben? Yes, I'm not going to do it for you right now. Fine. Um, um, but it was a great experience. The Picard, it, it turned oh, out it to be. Oh, it was great. I mean, Terry Metalis, I cannot shout his name enough. He really um, was um, <laughs> was just fantastic. He's he was the showrunner. He was the guy who was the head of it all. And he really, really took care of all of us. Everybody has great moments. And that's really hard to do with a big cast. And yeah. we were. And he did it. He, I think he honored everybody's characters. And he, he listened to people's input on things. And um, I, th- I think they cast the tiniest parts brilliantly. Amanda Plummer's amazing. So important. Oh, it the is. The little parts are the most important. Yeah, really? If you forget about those, it takes you out of you it. T- yeah, it does. And these people were like on it. They were so, so talented. Every single one of them. I was very blown away by them. Who makes you laugh the most when you're acting with them on, on uh, out of the Star Trek guys? Oh, I don't. There's not one. I mean, Brent's very funny. It depends. Everybody can be very funny. Um, Patrick's even funny? At times, Yes. Yeah. Who's the most moody? Well, Brent would probably say me, but others would say Michael Dorn. <laughs> so I don't know. Could be a little moody, but you guys get each other. You just know. Oh, we do. All right, this is called Shit Talking with Gates McFadden. These are the top tier patrons. It's rapid fire. Okay, I, I don't know this at all. So no, I just, no, it's Shit Talking right. with Gates McFadden. So I just ask you questions from the my patrons. Oh, I see. Patreon.com slash inside of you. I love you. Thank you for all your support, as you know. And uh, so you rapid fire. If you want, if you really want to take the time, do it. Leanne, how do you feel about the progression of Dr. Crusher and Picard? Do you feel she is a good role model for young women? Uh, yes, absolutely. I think she's ethical and she does it. You know, she rock, she, she, she can fire those weapons and she uh, walks the walk. Michelle K., I heard you got to work with David Bowie and Labyrinth, which you talked about. Um, you already talked about that experience. Was there any one particular story that you remember with David? Well, what I remember is he came in looking really tired, uh, one morning and I was like, okay, so we're going to start and do this. And he went, I'm tired. He said, yeah, Mick and I were up all night. We shot the video dancing in the streets last night and they hadn't slept. And I'm like, there's, there's like the fangirl in me going, oh my God, I wish I could have been there. And dancing um, in the just- streets, <laughs> <Yeah>. California. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's amazing. 99 more. Did you take the chair with you or any other items from set? For Picard, no. They were honest. No, I wanted the jacket. I wanted any of my jackets. I loved Michael Crow's designs for me. I had some hot, hot jackets. And you didn't want to take anything? You know, if I couldn't take the one jacket, forget it. There was, you know, no. uh -uh. Do you have anything at your house from any of the Star Trek movies? 
not really in my house. I have some stuff in the storage thing that I will. I always sell stuff because I have a website and I put my I put things for sale there. But it's almost always for the theater or some project that's an original project. What is that website that people can it's, donate? It's called GatesMcFadden.com, uh, and I've got all kinds of stuff up in there, and you know they can find out where I'm going to be and which which conventions. Ooh. Oh yes, I like it. Uh, Raj, tell me about a personal or professional goal you are currently striving to achieve uh well i i can't talk about one of the things i i would definitely uh well i'll tell you what i'm striving to achieve is my freaking remodel new construction in my house that because of covid has been going on for three years and i'm living in the back room um of course the back room is bigger than my new york studio apartment was but um but still i i that's what i love architecture i love design so i'm very very involved i know what i want but I want to do. I want to do more acting. That's what I want to do. But I also am uh, trying to do some writing, and uh, we'll see. And there's there is a project that I'm I can't talk about. But mm. I'm just waiting for those acting roles to just come on in. Oh, they will. Yeah. DJ Kento. You, by the way, you were in War of the Worlds. Well, I was in the she, John Delancey version. Right. She said with the uh, Nimoy. Absolutely wonderful version of War of the Worlds where they gender swap the lead. Yeah. For her, and she crushed it, got me through a very scary ER trip before COVID. Always wanted to thank her for that. Well, th- thank you for listening. Glad glad you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Murray once kissed you, and uh, you were in the audience. How'd you know that? Somebody said that? Or he, he found it. Unbelievable. Well, what that? here's what was funny about that is, so some fan said, oh, yeah, on Twitter or something. Yeah, Bill Murray. Blah, blah, and I went, no, I never was kissed by Bill Murray on Saturday Night Live. And they said, yeah, yeah, you were in the audience. I said, no, no, I wasn't. They showed me the video. And I couldn't even recognize myself except for one thing. I knit the sweater I was wearing. And I remembered the sweater because it took me a long time to knit it. And I kept it for decades. I wore that thing out. And I went, it's got to be me because that is my sweater. I mean, that was like this very striped, weird thing. Was it a big kiss? Oh, he went right in. Tongue? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. He you, did. Didn't, you didn't know him. He just went up to you in the well, audience. Well, no. What happened was, because <laughs> I, first of all, it all has, it's kind of come back to me vaguely. There was somebody in New York who was, worked on Saturday Night Live, who was a friend of mine. And she said, we've got to go. I've got a seats. Let's do it. And I thought, well, that'd be fun. Sure, I'd love to. And I do remember now that it was very specific that we were sitting right in the front row. So I think she knew that this was going to happen. I had no idea it was going to happen. So he jumped off the stage. Yeah, and he played some big old kiss. He wouldn't be able to do it now because, no. yeah, no. But um, Were you kind of like, whoa. I was like, Bill, give me your phone number. We'll, I'll call you. I'm later. surprised he didn't call you or try to get in touch with you. Why would he? I don't know, you're beautiful. Uh-huh, yeah. Okay. He's, a, he's, okay. he's Bill okay. Murray. Okay. What do you mean? <laughs> I mean, back then, I'm surprised. Like, now you hear all that stuff with Bill Murray, and you're like, I know. well. I know, You know. Well, whatever. Isn't that something? I You know, you find out about your heroes, and you hey, find Hey, I was on the Cosby show, and That's I right. am thanking my stars that his wife's best friend, Carmen DeLavalade or something, was on the show that episode, too. So his wife was around, and I'm like, I'm glad that was happening, because who knows? <laughs> Jesus. Was he nice to work with then? Do you well, remember him Well, he was being... like, oh, come on. It's just like three lines or something. I don't know. Was, oh, right, right, right. No. Jeez. 
You had such a life. Look at you. Are such you still... a life. Three lines here. Not two. that. <laughs> no, I mean, look. I, look again. I, look, I was well, on. I was on Smallville. It's a gift that keeps on giving. You go to college. You, you do well, this. Well, my or... other thing is, is that I have this little house in France, which I did the electrical wow. plan, the plumbing plan. I designed the whole thing, and it was. Uh, and it's not a big. You know, we're not talking chateau. We're talking this non-touristy village. And it took me 16 years to get it together. And I love this place. It's really, it's kind of, I, I'm, I'm going there. Like, so I'm, I'm so excited when I walk going, in. Yeah, going tomorrow. Yeah. And I'm so excited when I walk in and I just go, yeah, this is me. This is really like, um, um, I love the place. It makes me very happy. So I can't wait to take the walks on it and everything. Because I, when I studied, I was the first person in my family to go to any foreign country. And I got a scholarship to study with Jacques Lecoq in Paris. So I went there. Jacques Lecoq? Jacques Lecoq. Jacques Lecoq. My dad would say, Lecoq, yeah. But anyway, he was pretty pretty amazing. And um, that so changed my life. And that was really daring. All my other friends from Brandeis were going to get agents in New York. I didn't get an agent until I was in my 30s. I just didn't even, I didn't understand it. Like, obviously, I might have had a much better career had I, it just took me a long time to understand so many things. Lastly, I'm not going to take any more of your time. This has been awesome, and I'm going to let you go because you have so much to do, and your GPS, I hope to God, will work. Um, <laughs> oh, shut up. No, but do you think... If it doesn't, I'm coming back and I'm taking one of your dogs. Okay, you, you go can. ahead. You can. Take okay. the puppy. <laughs> but you, like, you're so well-versed. You do all these things. You teach, you act, choreograph, you build projects, you theater, uh-huh. all this stuff. Uh-huh. It could seem a little um, intimidating. Why? To, to, um, to Well, to some men, probably, because you don't really need them. Oh, it's... You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you met... A, how long have you been married? Well, I'm now divorced. Oh, okay. Okay, well, that feeds into that. Um, but you were married a long time. Well, I, I, I'm I'm a serial monogamist. That's who I am. I happen to adore men, actually. So, um, you know, I don't. I think uh, I don't know. I don't know. But I, does a guy I have? Men. But does I'm, what I'm saying is, does a man that you're seeing? Does a guy that you're seeing? Does he have to do a lot of these things, like be hands on, or no. could you date someone no. who's not totally? Are you kidding? Really? Oh yeah. So have your own thing. Yeah, just be not. I, I mean, be the, kind and just, handsome. Just be present. Super handsome. <laughs> super. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but I, I really think it's about. I like people who feel okay with themselves. I find that very attractive. People who who really like like who they are. Yeah, um, I like that. So, that's important. So you gotta that's, love yourself. I always say that. That's sexy to me. That's, yeah, that that is a big thing, and I think that's probably true with women. You know, so uh, <laughs> what can I tell you? I don't know. No, I love it. I, I was just I was thinking because I think it was like I, I was thinking of myself going, man. I wonder if I could, you know, would, would could I would I be enough for a woman who who does so much? Well, let, let me give you a strength test, and then I'll give you an answer. Okay, no. should I be honest with you? No, no, no. <laughs> I was hoping you'd give me it. I was like, oh my God, you should give me a test. Thank you for being here. Thank it means you. the world that you showed up. Thank you. I, I knew you were busy and you're like, oh, can we switch it? And you, you're, you got your stuff going on. So you I came did. here. If you ever want me on your podcast, I'm there. Oh, nice. Thank uh, you. I really adore you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. All right. All Be right. cool. Bye. Inside of You is brought to you by Shopify. You know I use Shopify. You guys go on the, you know, Inside of You online store and you see how easy it is to navigate for you. It's so amazing. Shopify, I can't think of anyone else that would do this 
uh, the right way like Shopify does. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. It's so easy to navigate. And when you want to add discounts, like for instance, I just had a discount where I put uh, Michael 15, and that was my discount code. How much of a percent? 15% off the total order. Easy. Adding products. It's so easy. You put a picture. You just upload a picture. You put a description. It, it, it does everything for you. And the analytics are so easy to use. Uh, this is the most selling product. Oh, I should get more of those. This is the least selling product. This is how much I made for this month compared to last year or last month. It's so easy to navigate. I feel like a pro and Shopify has really helped me do that. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash inside, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash inside now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash inside. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, Walmart, Nike, Wine.com, Samsung, Lenovo, Sephora, and more and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. That was a lot of fun, man. I really enjoyed her. I uh, I didn't know how she would be, and she was just lovely. You were here. Mm -hmm. Wasn't she just freaking lovely? She was. Beautiful she was. and talented and insightful. And uh, thank you, Gates. I, I can go on about you. Um, again, join patreon.com slash inside of you to get back to the to the uh the podcast inside of you. We we need you, we love you, we uh, I think we thrive on um, patrons, patrons support. Um, without them, I don't know what we do. Um, also I just did a YouTube live with my patrons. That was a lot of fun. I play guitar. I answer their questions. Um, all right. Thank you for listening inside of you. Online store is hot. Lots of cool shit going on. Ryan, anything in your life you want to discuss in my life? Still going to better help, betterhelp.com slash inside of you. I am or inside. I'm trying to drink more water. I know. Clear my throat. I am too. I am uh, too. Everybody's getting sick. Yeah. Lately, my friend mm. Jess is sick. Um, that's all I can think of right now. It only doesn't sound like very many. Maybe I only have one friend. 
top tiers. This is the top tier patrons. Uh, they give a lot to the show, as you know. Patreon.com slash inside you. Here we go. Nancy D, Leah S, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H, Nico P, Robert B, Jason W, Sophie M, Raj C, Joshua D, Jennifer N. I just sent boxes to all these folks. I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive a lot of these people I did. It was their turn. And we sent boxes. Joe comes over. We go through each box. Oh, this is a three-year patron. Oh, let me get a little more here. Oh, this is the first time this person has a box. Oh, okay. Well, they're going to get, you know, some cool stuff and a little note from me. And we do that. Uh, Jennifer Ann, Stacy L, Jamal F, Janelle B. Correct. Mike E, Eldon Supremo, 99 more. Santiago M, Chad W, Leanne P, Maya P, Maddie S, Belinda and Dave H, Sheila G, Dave H, uh, Dave uh, Ray H, Rach Harada. Hmm. I like saying Dave H because, hey, Michael, how are you? He's, he's just, I always say he's, he's just lovely. He's a, I love his accent. He's just very, well, you know, everything's going all right. Just working, you know, working. He's very calm. Is he in the Rolling Stones? He's a Rolling Stone. <laughs> but I love Dave Hall. I love no, seeing him. Keith and Mick. Hey, he, like. hey, Dave and Mick. He's like this. He's like, you know, I listen to him in sort of you. And, um, you know, it's all right. It's not complete shite. That's all right, isn't it? Tab of the T, Tom and Talia and Betsy D. Where are you, Betsy? I miss Betsy. Chad B, Angel M, Rand and C, Corey K, Deb Nexon, Michelle A, Jeremy C, Brandy D, Joey M, Eugene and Leah. Always love seeing you guys. Always. Love seeing all of you. Corey, Heather L, Jake B, Angelina, Angela F, Mel S, Orlando C, Caroline R, Christine S, Eric H, Shane R, Andrew M. You know what's funny? Besides clowns and Buddy Hackett. Is, you know, if I'm like, if I have allergies, if I don't say something about it, I'll like, you know, a lot of something. I, I don't like when people do this. Hmm. It's not just like listeners. It's uh, friends. They'll say things like, you know, you ever have a friend you come, you see them and like, you know, you look skinny. Are you, is, are you okay? I'm like, hmm. oh God, fuck. I, <laughs> or you look tired. Yeah. I'm like, I don't. If I know I look tired, and then you're saying you look tired. Now mm-hmm. it's in my head. Yeah. What can I do? It stresses me out. Yeah. You know, on today's show, you sounded really just not happy. Uh, leave it. Leave it. I love you. I know you're concerned, but leave it. <laughs> That's why you have friends and therapists. Yeah. You know, my doctor says, uh, Michael, Dr. Unger, my, Michael, uh, you know, you, you you lost a little weight. You might want to, uh, you know, oh, you, your enzymes, are, you know, then I'll listen to him. Yeah. He's my doctor. Andrew M. Tim L. <laughs> Amanda R. Jen B. Kevin E. Pick my nose real quick. Stephanie K, Jor L, Jam and J, Leanne J, Luna R, Mike F, Stone H, Brian L, Katie B, Aaron R, Kendall L, Meredith I, Kara C, Jessica B, Kyle F, Marisol P, Estevan G, Kaylee J, Brian A, Ashley F, Al V, Marion Louise L, Romeo the Band, Veronica Q, Frank B, The Weird Scientist, Chris D, and Jen T. Guys, I love you. I really appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this one. If uh, you're new, please write a review um, and subscribe and spread the word. Uh, from Michael Rosenbaum here in the Hollywood Hills of California. This is Michael Rosenbaum. I'm Ryan Taylor, and I'm also here. This is Ryan Taylor. Yeah, it's Ryan Taylor. I couldn't <laughs> do it without Ryan Taylor. No, good yeah, dude. Put a wave to the camera. We love you guys. Be good to yourself. I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. 
welcome to Talkville. The Ultimate Smallville Rewatch Podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did. And they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.